And welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is a series of unfortunate events. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who's supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Also, all of our social links are in the top of the website, so you can be sure to check those out where we got new photos all the time. And you can check out all the questions there and all of the amazing products that we have. Be sure to join our Discord. The link is in the top of the description below. We do a lot of cool things in the back end of the Discord. Um, we're trying to do more and more, so if, you, uh, if you'd like to, to communicate with us and get some more information, we'd love to talk with you there. All right, so, you know, you got to ask yourself, is what happened entirely and completely predictable? And the answer is yes, absolutely. Is it still unfortunate? Absolutely. And yes, this is an homage to uh, one of the, the iconic children's book series, the series of unfortunate events by the same title. It is an excellent book series if you like that kind of stuff. Um, and it's very funny. But this situation that we are currently in, is a, this is a kind of a part two to the first half because a new disaster has showed up. And it is a predictable disaster. And I think I might have even mentioned that it might happen this next time, which is that we are about to be out of chestnut. Now, that's a problem. Americano, espresso previously, and chestnut, soon to be bourbon, uh, make up about 80% of our sales in total. So it's a pretty serious problem to not have both of those in stock. In fact, it's going to be a big problem. Now, the good news is this. The amount of time between when we run out of chestnut and when we launch bourbon is hopefully going to be very, very small. I'm hoping to keep it less than a week. It's probably going to be more like a week, maybe two. Now, this is a situation that is once again part of the problem because that's created by our database. Now, I realized as we were diving deeper and deeper into the database that we had built that there was a problem in the way that the database was reading the numbers. So it wasn't necessarily that the database's logic was incorrect. It was that the entries for certain use hide usage was off. And I'll give you a specific example. When we work on doing our cutting analysis, we take the full hides, we weigh the full hides before we cut them, we then cut them into the finished goods, we weigh the trash, and we weigh the scrap. Now, the trash is obviously unusable, and the scrap is things that we might be able to get something smaller out of, like an accessory, that we don't need to cut because we don't have any sales for that specific item, but we might end up needing them later, so we keep the scrap that's large enough to be used for accessories, but not large enough to be used for the core product. And we'll put those in a specific place. So when you think about it, we have a very accurate measurement of the starting weight and the weight that was not used in the final product. That allows us to create what we call our cutting coefficient, which means that if you have a, a file folder, for example, and it's a specific XY dimension, right? Let's just say for our argument's sake, I don't know the numbers offhand, but let's say that it's a one foot by two feet, right? That would mean that this piece of leather has two square feet of leather needed. But let's say that because of the fact that the hides aren't perfect and we don't have perfect yields out of them, that the cutting coefficient, we're only 60% or 65% efficient. But for the ease of numbers, let's pretend like we're only 50% efficient. So let's say that we only get half of the hide that we have an initial starting weight in finished goods. Well, if this is two square feet and only half of the hide is used, then we need to treat this like it used four square feet so that we can account for the scrap and the waste that, isn't, that, that goes in the trash bin in the cost of the product itself to get the real cost of the product. Now, historically, the way we've done it is every year at the end of the year or sometimes on the six months, depending every you know, two quarters, depending on how 
good we are about these things. What I'll do is I'll go in and I'll run the cutting efficiency numbers again. I'll take all of the cutting logs from the last six months or year, and I will run them through a couple of different forms of analysis to basically figure out exactly how much we are, how efficient we are in cutting. And then I will take the actual square footage, the inches X and Y, and I will multiply it by that coefficient to get an estimated cutting efficiency for a specific piece. So, for example, when you buy a slim cut from us, it deducts from our raw leather inventory a specific amount of square footage, which is the actual square footage times the coefficient of waste. If that makes any sense. That allows for us to basically keep track of how much Americano we're going through or anything of any of the other colors, for that matter. And so the idea is that the system then says, okay, well, we've sold four slim cuts, and for this arbitrary number, they're going to take, they take four square feet each, so we've got 16 square feet that we need to deduct from the total amount that we have on, in our inventory. And when it gets to a certain amount, we then reorder, because we have a certain lead time that we have for the leather that we need to wait until we get it, and the mills come in a certain square footage, right? So that's kind of a rough version of how the inventory system works. Now, part of the problem is this. I had messed up the number in that original analysis, that square footage analysis, so that the slim cuts were, mis were under counting the amount of leather they were using by a lot, by about 20%, 30% even, um, just because of a mistake in the error. And the worst part is that was made much worse by the fact that we then, because the slim cut is so similar in size to the file folders, they're... I think within about 10%. We just, rather than remeasuring them, we duplicated those numbers in the inventory because we were putting the, in, the Americano in very quickly. We were launching the file folders very quickly. So rather than rewriting it, we put it in as the same amount as the slim cuts. Well, now for those of you in the audience who are paying attention, you'll realize that that's a big problem because we've sold a lot of file folders and we sell a lot of slim cuts. In fact, slim cuts and file folders make up the vast majority of what we sell. That's definitely a plurality. It might even be over 60% of what we sell. So now all of a sudden, 60% of our sales are miscounting and undercounting the amount of leather that they're using. And suddenly now we go, why are we so low on Americano when the system thinks we have a lot more than we have? And that's a problem. We didn't catch the error that was happening with Americano until, because there was actually two errors. The first error was, it was in the original version, the first error that we caught with the Americano is it was adding that leather back into the inventory rather than subtracting it. So for those of you paying attention, that's a really big problem. We didn't detect the second error, which is that it was adding, it was subtracting the wrong number until Chestnut came around. Because we knew that Chestnut sales were going to increase when we put the Americano backward. We knew that that was going to be an inevitable side effect, and they did increase. And so we knew that we were going to go through our Chestnut leather a little faster, but we were going through it way faster than we thought we were going to. And so I went back to the numbers and said, okay, Let's run the numbers again. Let's look at the numbers in reality and see what we're seeing. And it was way off, and that's when we found the error. So now we're about to run out of chestnut probably within the next week or two. And the good news is that we have another leather that will be replacing that, and that will be our bourbon, because we don't have any more chestnut coming. The bourbon will be the replacement. Now, the bourbon, um, if I would have been prepared, I would have had a sample here. Um, the bourbon is a little bit darker than the chestnut. It follows the same pattern as the Americano did to the espresso. So the espresso was obviously a little bit lighter brown, a little bit more of the kind of what I would describe as like an ashy color. It didn't have that nice, sharp, uh, very vibrant color. And we obviously transitioned to the Americano, which was a little darker. It was a little richer in color, had more saturation, and it had that nice wax coating. The bourbon will be the same thing for the chestnut. It will be that same wax coating. It'll be a little bit darker, a little more vibrant. It's going to be really, really pretty. Uh, I like it a lot. And the mill of that is coming a week after the Americano is coming in. So we're going to end up having the Americano show up and the chestnut will theoretically have run out 
probably a little bit before then. So there is a real situation where for several days, we may be out of both Americano, we may be out of slash backordered Americano and out of chestnut slash pre-ordering bourbon. Which those days I don't imagine are going to be very good sales days. But hopefully if we can mitigate the amount of time between the chestnut end and the bourbon launch, we can actually keep it so that people don't have to wait for more than maybe a week. And, you know, there's a possibility where that the, the chestnut does last us a little bit longer. We recently just changed the lead time estimation from two week, two to three weeks for the Americano to one to two weeks. Um, and that was the result of the fact that the sales, we had expected the sales to stay relatively similar for the Americano and then people were just going to wait. That didn't happen. People just didn't buy, which is actually a real fear that I knew I had and is something that when I discuss this with my friends, my other business friends, and they say, well, this is a custom product. People can just wait two weeks. You just have to craft that expectation. That's not how this works. The customer obviously gets to demand, have very high expectations, and they do have very high expectations, and they demand a lot from us when it comes to lead times. And if it's not the way they want it, they just won't buy. So we are at the mercy of, of our customers in many ways because of that. And so I knew that this was going to be a potential problem. And so we had put two to three weeks as a lead time estimation because we had figured that as we had sales come in, we'd have a bunch of sales come in and so we would have a backlog. And so we, even if, for example, it was two days before the leather was supposed to show up, right? It would still say two to three weeks back, back ordered because then it would give us two to three weeks after the leather had shown up to make that product and we had such a large backlog. That was the idea. That's not how it happened. We put Americano back ordered sales tanked aggressively in a very sad and frustrating way. We did see an increase in our chestnut sales but we didn't see very much Americano sales. And so we don't have very much backlog of Americano to get through. So because of that, we can put that lead time down to one to two weeks. Now I'm hopeful. I'm always an optimist. I'm hoping that we'll be able to see it sooner rather than later. And the, the tannery has done their best to communicate well with us. They think it might be done sooner rather than we had originally expected, but can't count on it. Lots of things happen between now and then, and we need to be ready for whatever comes. So that is the, the challenge that comes into our, our place. And this is another, this opens up a door to one of the other aspects that we've really talked about, which is improving the database. One of the things that is a big aspect of our problems is that we don't have the bandwidth, the time, the complexity to accurately calculate our cutting analysis on a, regularly ba on a regular basis. Originally, I had set it up so that the system would calculate that automatically in real time. The problem is that that kind of calculation took an enormous amount of computing power because there's a lot of data to run through every day. And so what was ending up happening is it was bogging down and breaking the system. So I deactivated the automatic running of the thing, and now we run it every six months. And even then it breaks half the time. So one of the things about the new database that was really important to me was that we set it up so that it can do the cutting analysis in real time, and it can do a much more accurate analysis of basically, uh, it's an accounting principle called LIFO or FIFO. So we don't do LIFO or FIFO with virtually any of our other things. We use average cost for our normal things, which average cost means that you take the average number, or you take the, the total number of units you bought, let's say moleskin lined journals. We take the total number of moleskin lined journals we bought in a year, and we took the total amount that we spent on all of them collectively, and we divide that by averages to get an average cost for each of them. Now, average cost is a far simpler way of doing inventory cost analysis and product cost analysis for when we do costing. The problem is that it's not very precise to the moment, to real life, because if things spike in cost, you won't see that in average cost until it starts to really make a difference, right? So it could be delayed. So that average costing, both positive and negative, has a delayed effect to it because the averages average things out. 
So one of the things that I wanted to do instead with the new database is transition us over time, ideally, to something like um, FIFO, which is first, or sorry, LIFO, last in, last in, last out, LIFO. So FIFO is first in, last out. LIFO is last in, last out. Um, FIFO, first in, first out. LIFO, last in, first out. It might be FIFO. I can't remember. Either way, the concept is the same, where it's, when I buy a moleskin journal, let's say I have 10 moleskin journals, the specific amount of money that I spent on those 10 journals is going to get attributed to the specific 10 orders that those journals went with. And the same is going to be true of the cutting analysis, which the cutting analysis is a much more complicated version of that because the cutting analysis from hide to hide can vary by a lot, right? We may have a really good hide and a really bad hide. Now, obviously, average cost helps smooth some of those things out, and we will do some average costing for the purposes of, like, price analysis, but for the terms of profitability analysis, which is arguably a more important number from, for our perspective, being able to really, really accurately tag a specific order to the specific cost of the actual raw materials that went into that order and do that on a daily basis will mean that at the end of the day, we'll have a very accurate number as to how much profit we made on that given day. And theoretically, with this really accurate profit number, We'll be able to then audit our accounting books and make sure that they match in a better way, in a more real-time way. We'll be able to say, okay, this is what the system thinks we should be profitable at. This is what we really were. How, where's the difference, right? It'll also allow for us to be able to make better decisions in real time about what the right thing to market is, what the right thing to push out is, what the right thing to, to maybe restock on or buy more of. We might be able to get a better sense of how to accurately um, analyze our inventory and more importantly, because it will actually deduct the real amount of leather that was used to make that classic cut journal, rather than an average, it will also mean that our raw inventory leather amount will be very, very accurate, which is something that we critically need. Because we've been working to, to, to we've run relatively lean in a lot of ways. The problem with running lean in the leather side of the business is it's not only extremely expensive, but it also comes in very large quantities. So you can't run really very lean in leather, but you also need to run as lean as you reasonably can because the problem is, is that it comes in very large quantities and it's very expensive. So hopefully by having a much, much more accurate inventory count on any given day for our raw leather that we have on the shelf to use, that'll give us a much better analysis of when we need to be reordering and in what quantities when we can manage that. So it's just a series of unfortunate events that has led us to this particular situation where we may be out of stock of both our Americano and our chestnut at the same time. But hopefully, there won't be, it'll be a very modest amount of overlap, and I'm hoping it might maybe not even overlap at all. We'll see. Um, and it will be a great way to push out the new bourbon because we'll be pre-selling the bourbon. Now, I don't want to advertise that we're selling the bourbon until we actually get it in a shop. So there's going to be a little bit of a weird time there where we have the bourbon, but we're not advertising that we have the bourbon. Um, you know, or we're selling the bourbon, I should say, but we're not advertising that we're selling the bourbon because we don't have it in shop and I don't want to push it out in case it is delayed because I don't want to get a big flood of it and then us be back ordered, you know, super hard. So all of these things are this weird balancing act. And I mean, I'm very glad and we've been very blessed at the beginning of this year um, in February to have a really strong February and the beginning of March was very good. The first 10 days of March was very solid. So that has really helped kind of provide us with the liquid capital that we need to be able to continue even while sales decline for a little bit. And I am desperately hoping that once the Americano is back, the magic will return and we will be able to have that same high level of conversion rate and, and success that we'd had um, before we ended up having to take it off. So that's all a big hope. and. I don't know if it's going to happen, but what else can I do but hope? So, 
What do you guys think? What do you think below about uh, the, the new bourbon idea? What do you think about us launching a new color? I mean, you may, for those of you who've been very closely paying attention, you may notice that as the colors that we currently have go out of stock, they're being replaced one by one with a counterpart that is of the new higher quality, high caliber leather that we're working with. And that trend might continue it all the way through all five of them. Just so you know. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in today. Be sure to check back in next Thursday for that next topic. Don't forget to check that subscribe button as well as the notification bell to get notified when we launch new things. Also, check out our new Celtic collection, which we launched for St. Patrick's Day last week. Uh, it's got a lot of pretty things in it, so check definitely check that out on the website. If you have any troubles finding it, feel free to send us a message. And the website, there's that main page, has the contact form on it. Or you can send us an email, sales at merdicreative.co, sales at merdicreative.co. You can also give us a phone call, 414-434-9001. We're available Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., p.m. 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time. Once again, that's 414-434-9001. You can also text, at that, text us at that number. Wow, that's difficult. Also, you can leave us a voicemail. We do respond to those. We do call people back. That's a great way to get in touch with us, and we really appreciate it. Also, if you have any issues, please do reach out to us. We want you guys to be happy. We really do. Uh, we want you also to be able to tell your friends about the company and, and, and provide us with uh, those kind of great recommendations and reviews. So if you want to leave us a good review, go to merdycreative.com merdycreative.co slash review or merdycreative.co slash leave a review. Those will both take you to the same place right now, which is the Google reviews page. We've been working on improving our Google SEO, and so we're sending more and more people to leave reviews on Google rather than on our Facebook, which is where they all currently exist. Um, so if you want to go read a lot of good reviews, our facebook.com slash merdycreative.co slash reviews is the place to find it. It's also available on our website, merdycreative.co slash reviews, plural. So that's a great place to go check that out, read about the company, read about the, what people are saying about us. Also, share the company with your friends, families, enemies, like I say. It's always important. Even, even bad people need to have nice things. So feel free to do that, and you can get a little something for doing that by checking out the rewards program in the bottom left-hand corner of the website. There's a whole panel there. You get free stuff. It's a great thing. So check that out, and we really appreciate those of you who have uh, already done the referrals and things like that. If you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I'm always happy to answer questions. I want you guys to feel like you can contribute and ask questions and get more insights into the back end of things. I don't frankly know what you want to know, so definitely reach out, and I'm just mostly just coming up with ideas on the fly, so it's not like I've got some big plan in the future. I rarely have a big plan into the future. If you're looking for multiple binders, journals, folios, anything we sell, please do feel free to check out the bulk discount program. All you need to do is add anything to your cart, mix and match to your heart's desire, and hit checkout. The auto discount should apply for the bulk you buy. It starts at five and it goes up from there. So if you want to buy a whole bunch of things, you can get a pretty decent discount. You can reach out to us, sales at merdicreative.co if you want to learn more about that program. We also do custom engraved items with no minimum order quantities and no setup fees. You can get just one. So obviously you can't get something that's copyright protected. And that's an issue that we've really struggled with a lot. And we've been working on it and figuring out a better way to communicate that to our customers. Please, please, please do not put any Disney intellectual property on these binders. Disney loves to be litigious. So unfortunately, we can't do anything that's copyright protected unless you have permission to do so. If you have permission, send us that permission. We would love to do that if you have permission. You can go to any product page on the website. Click add custom logo. It's a big blue button. And then once you click that add custom logo button, it'll take you to a custom version of that product. You can select the choices you want there and you can launch the customizer from there. You can upload logos. You can add your own designs. You can resize, rotate, reposition, add text, all sorts of great things, and then hit add to cart. You can change the quantity on the cart if you are getting a whole bunch and you want to get them for the bulk discount program. But like I said, you can just get one if you just want one. 
Another thing to note, if you don't see that blue button that says add custom logo engraving, uh, feel free to send us an email. There are a few stragglers that aren't quite in the product customizer yet, and we would be happy to create a custom mock-up for you as well as a custom order link to use to purchase that custom item. Um, so feel free to reach out to us, sales at merdycreative.co, sales at merdycreative.co, and we'd be happy to help you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day and goodbye.